Hey friends, welcome to today's edition of Save the Drama for Your Shama. This is not a cult scams and murders edition, but I am still joined by my co-host Desmond James. Say hi, Desmond. Hey everyone. Um, this is an emergency podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like there's just a lot that happened yesterday. Um, mainly there is a video that I saw on Twitter that is from TikTok and it like uh I guess it was produced by this guy named Nate and NYC on TikTok. Um, but the actual clip is from a four-year consideration. Uh, awards talk with Salma Hayek and Lady Gaga and when I tell you it's on my Instagram <laughs> right now please feel free to go to it at Shama Kassin on Instagram and basically how would you describe it Desmond? Salma Hayek has like an existential crisis. I <laughs> say that like this video will bless you if you've ever been in a situation to where you've questioned your involvement in something or like hey why am I here? Like, yeah, it's I a could... really big life choices moment where. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a transformative video because I think when you see her face, you're like, oh, we've all been there. Like, yeah. I know that look. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's hilarious. But at the same time, it um, it it resonates if you have certain opinions on Gaga that may not necessarily be favorable. Right, exactly. And this is not necessarily, I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm going to speak for myself. This is not me necessarily shading Lady Gaga, but what it is, it's shading people in this industry that I cannot stand. Because the I'm sorry, it has to be said. I don't care if these people blacklist me. I have another job. But it's just the simple <laughs> fact of the matter is that I'm really getting sick and tired of this shit where there's actors that talk very, like, like they're performing brain surgery. It's acting. Yeah. It's supposed to be performance. It's supposed to be fun. It's just a time where you just, like, dress up and pretend to be another person for a while and escape your own reality and help people escape their reality by telling a story right um right but like there's just people out in the world and lady gaga is one of them and she's not the only one so this isn't me just like completely taking a shit on her um but it's just like there's people that just really talk about themselves too too much and there's a difference between being confident in your abilities and like saying like hey you know I can talk my shit and I can back it up and then there's people that like you can tell that there's just something to prove so then they have to keep like repeating themselves I don't know yeah it's a, right it's well no I think you're I, I think you really kind of hit the you know the hammer on the nail here with that and you know once again Shama speaking for herself because while she might not be taking a all out shit on Gaga, um, hold on to your wigs and your lace fronts because uh, I I I personally it's a it, it's my my biggest sort of pet peeve about her as well as other people in the industry this idea that like um, around you know your training and oh you have to do all these like crazy over exaggerated you know, uh, technical practices in order to become a great actor. 
And I, I just kind of find that really laughable because I'm like, well, first of all, it doesn't take all of that. It's it, there are people who are getting plucked off of the street. Like we're not going to act like people aren't getting chose off of the street and winning Oscars like the next day. Um, right. And that's in no way saying that like, oh, okay, the, the, uh, the, um, the practice of of the arts or the practice of 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 really diving into a character and performing that sort of escapism you know is is easy but it's also that like you don't necessarily have to sniff your own farts <laughs> to yes. to get your point across oh my god yeah okay just for context for everybody listening at home so basically what this video was was that the interviewer asked lady gaga a question i guess about her back her acting history and stuff because we all know her as as a recording artist as a singer um and then she's kind of making this foray into the acting world um but she went to nyu at, at the tisch school in nyu and basically she was just talking about her process and all of her training great pretty much any actor uh depending on no, any actor, regardless of your level, I kept saying depending, I don't know why, <laughs> but like any actor, regardless of your level, whether you're like a Oscar winner, a list type of actor, or just like a kid in a school play, you have learned some variation of a Stanislavski technique or the, or the offshoots of the Stanislavski technique, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, that's pretty normal. So she was just talking, like, oh, I did Strasbourg, and I did Stella Adler, and I did Meister, and I was in Circle in the Square. And then the whole time that the video, while she was talking about that, like, you could just see the look on the interviewer's face where she's like, Jesus Christ, why they <laughs> ask this question? And then the video zooms in on Salma Hayek's face where she's literally having, like, a crisis of where she's like like I literally played Frida Kahlo like what is this and what was great was that near the end of the video like Gaga was just like talking about how she wrote a letter to herself like yeah where she was just like oh my gosh I don't need you anymore I just need only the parts that are needed for Patrizia and like Salma's just looking at her like fucking really she looks her up and down that's the key point if you watch the video carefully the moment she mentions the letter, yes. Selma just looks her up and down and just goes like, and you can tell in that moment, she's looking at her just like, what? Yes. <laughs> like, and then, and then at the end, like of the video, Gaga's like, and then Salma Hayek is just such a great supporting actress. And I was just like, <laughs> and then Salma just shoots this smile that like is worthy of being in the office like you know yes. how, like or like abbott elementary which is like my new jam now where like they hit you with that side eye like <laughs> is this really happening right now <laughs> i was just like oh my god like i can't believe that she has to sit through this and then it, like, it is the most cringiest it is one of the most cringiest interviews i've seen um and that is even considering those those interviews where like you know um whoever the reporter is or the interviewee or interviewer, excuse me, is, and they say something that kind of is uncomfortable for the actor. Like, this is still even more uncomfortable than that. Yes. Because it's just a, it really is sort of like an inside the actor studio class of, of narcissism. Yes. (laughs) It's just narcissism because she sits there, she sits there the whole entire time. And she's like, yeah, like all of these techniques and these processes that I've learned and, 
you know, to strip myself and to strip me of, 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 you know, everything that is not useful to play Patrizia and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the general sort of understanding that I seem to get is that people are like, you aren't that great, sis. Uh, you know, your portrayal of Patrizia wasn't really like, not even that necessarily it has to be spot on, but it's like who you portrayed and then who Patrizia Reggiani was or is, you know, are two different people. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, kind of the big thing. For context, so everybody knows, um, you know, obviously the regular SAG Awards are out now. I managed to get some access to digital screeners of the projects that have been nominated. House of Gucci is one of them. Um, So I actually started watching that this morning, and it was funny. I got through, like, the first 40 minutes of the movie before it cut out, and I think it was because Universe was just trying to spare me from wasting my time (laughs) further, because I pretty much got up until like where they got married and like even just that entire time like there's just a lot of overacting on Gaga's part where like even when she makes an entrance into the party it's like she you can just sense that she's self-aware that she's the main character walking into the party instead of like just being like a guest that's with somebody and they're just trying to have fun. You know what I mean? Like, like there's just a much more natural approach to do it. Like I said in the previous episode, Desmond hasn't heard them, but like in a previous episode, I'm like, listen, I'm not the goddess of acting. There's a lot of places where I know I'm still trash, but like even (laughs) this but even this is just too much for me. And like, and in the Jeremy Strong episode that I did that Desmond also didn't hear, but we're going to talk about that and like... Oh yeah, we have to dig into that. Because, because oh my god, because just the alignment of it was funny. But like, even in that Jeremy Strong episode where I was just talking about the fact, like all this method acting and, and what people do, um, and Lady Gaga kind of falls into that Stanislavski... Uh, Strasburg, Uta Hagen, because I keep forgetting she does the shit too. Um, where it's just like, like you're stripping your personality and you're trying to embody this actual character. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and the <clears throat> fact of the matter is, is that um, from what Gaga describes, because it's not just a video. I have actually read a couple of things about her process through playing Patrizia um, yeah. in this movie. Where, like, once again, like, if you're the type of person that is like, hey, I have to disregard who I am as a person in order to play this person. Like, Viola Davis said it best, where she's like, you're crafting this identity because I want to be able to go home at the end of the day and be Viola. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to be able to, like, hang out with my husband and my child and just be me. That's the whole point of the craft is that you're creating this character and you're and it's like a cloak that you wear. And then you take it off at the end of the day and then you go home and you eat pizza. And it's not like and the way that she described it, she was just like, no, I had to lose Gaga and be Patrizia all the time. And it's just like. Oh my god, like you like you are going to burn yourself out. I can't stand that type of process because you'll burn yourself out. And there's even like a bunch of actors, she's not the only one that's like, you know what? Like it that character never leaves you. Like it'll never leave you. I'm like, no, I need all of my characters to leave me. Uh, but also, 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 I mean, coming from the standpoint of, you know, you're <clears throat> excuse me, in front of the camera, 
you know, um, as an actress, you know, I'm a writer, so I like to, you know, sort of exist with these characters and and kind of bringing the story to the forefront. Mm-hmm. But even for me as a writer, I think it's the same process of going like the characters. I mean, the same way that I write, I hear, you know, what I hear from a character. Like the character tells me their story. They're in my head. They're, you know, writing the story alongside. They're illustrating the story along as I write it. Right. Um, but when I move from project to project, those characters don't come with me. Yeah, they really <laughs> I can't don't. carry that burden. I can't carry, you know, and especially when you're talking about characters who've lived such a hard life. Yeah. Um, we've seen already in the craft before where there have been actors who've done that and unfortunately have lost their lives or have gone down a path, um, you know, of practically insanity because, you know, these they've, they've practiced or they've used this form of practice that has really just, you know, led them to sort of take on and embody the character's dysfunctions. And so it's like, uh, I don't know when we started glory. Well, I mean, we, we can go back, but like, I don't know why we continue to glorify, uh, you know, this sort of idea that like, for some reason, in order for you to be seen as this pragmatic actor, you have to suffer, um, you know, or you have to put yourself through this like heightened level of suffering. So it's like, it's always weird to me when you see the people like Gaga and, and, you know, other people within the industry that describe, you know, them playing these characters as if it's just like, this huge labor of love that like when we see the films and then we see the performances and it's just kind of like, well, I don't, I don't see where that was a payoff. <laughs> like yeah. I, I'm looking yeah. at this performance and I don't see where this performance really kind of like, you know, like, like you going above and beyond in that regard where there really was a payoff. Yeah, exactly. Cause there's that famous story um, about back to the future where um, Michael J. Fox was not the original Marty McFly. It was like Eric Stoltz. And yep. like one of the reason why like they had to fire Eric was just the fact that he was so engrossed in a character. That's just simply a teenage boy yeah. who happens to have a neighbor that's a genius and knows how to like manipulate time travel it's supposed to be it's lighthearted. Not it's not rocket science like it's supposed to be lighthearted. it's supposed to be fun and like he was just like like apparently from what they were saying and like i said this is just written reports so i'm not necessarily claiming this as fact but like they were saying like he would just pretend he was marty and like have people like only address him as marty and it's like was it necessary was that really needed like once again teenager teenage boy going in the past trying to make sure that like his family has a better life like it didn't it didn't require all of this yeah it it writes itself yeah yeah and i think that it's like I mean, because sometimes, especially when you hear people talk about these, like, more maniacal, darker characters that they they portray and, and talking about, you know, um, having to go within those characters. Um, I I just think that, like, like, listening to people having these conversations, I'm like, I just don't think that, like, I would want to, <laughs> I, I don't think I would want to live in this person when the director says cut. Like, when the day is over with and I'm able to take the prosthetics and the makeup and you know, whatever off, I don't know that I want to live in, you know, Pennywise or the Joker or, you know, whoever. I, I think that the, that's a dark place to be. And so it's like, it, it it's always strange to me, especially when we talk about, you know, sort of like Stanislavski and, 
Adler and 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 the various different sort of you know acting techniques and and that people invoke, um, that there's always just this idea that it's like, oh, okay, well, I have to go hard in order for this to count, and sometimes it's like the performance doesn't call for that. Like sometimes yeah. you're just playing an alcoholic. You know, we all have like we all have references within our lives. There's something. There's always something within a character. Some sort of general. Um, either motive or experience that we have someone near us that we can, you know, speak to that allows us to kind of, you know, tap into that. That I don't think that I have to go out and just start like, you know, to understand how to be portrayed like a murderer or something. I have to go murder people. That's just kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Well, truth be told, I'm. I have a theory about that, and this is just my theory. Like people are going to come for my well, my wig, but it's fine. Yeah. Without- um, but I feel like the people that did that do that the most have never lived a life. Like I, I honestly feel like they've never okay. really they never really interacted with people like that. Um, and they've never really lived that life where like they have seen that in action. You know what I mean? Because I've yeah. noticed that. Um, who was it? Uh, James Spader. I heard a story from my acting teacher because I, I took Meisner first from um, Playhouse West Philadelphia. And um, it was brief. And I actually do want to go back to that school. But that's beside the point. The point <laughs> is, is that like he told me a story about um, James Spader working at a women's shoe store. So he's literally at his prime in the 80s and he was still working at a women's shoe store and like his whole process with that is that he didn't want to get so disconnected that he didn't know how to be a person yeah you know and i feel like a lot of people that have to go to these depths are people that just don't interact with people like you know what i mean like you don't live a life you don't um you don't you don't function in the society i mean part of that could also be the fact that there are some rabid ass stands out there and it's like you kind of have to be safe because like they'll try to yeah. kidnap your ass but like i just i just feel like there's just a huge disconnect and it's just something that i've noticed that those types of people who do all of this extra work are people that just do not know how to function in the normal society i i I think kind of I think you're 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 onto something with that, but I think also just to kind of expand on that a little bit, I also think it's that it's some of them that get caught up and forget that like their per, their celebrity persona isn't real, or there, there's a sort of there's a sort of um uh like in, in in order to properly be able to have a level to where you can you know, uh, participate in the celebrity as well as, like, have some sort of semblance of uh, privacy is that, like, who you are or who they identify, you know, for instance, since we were talking about her, like, the identity of Lady Gaga and then the identity of, I believe her name is Stephanie. Um, Those those are two different people, or they have to be two different people. Right. Um, And so there has to be a, a disconnect, a sort of disconnect between you know, Stephanie and, and Gaga. So therefore right. it's, it's easy it, or ideally it's easier for Stephanie. It should be relatively easier for Stephanie to come out of these personas 
and to be Stephanie and, and to be in that moment. And I think that when we start mixing the celebrity or that celebrity persona with what is, is sacred and what is personal, it just becomes really hard for those two people. It just really becomes really hard and they conflate those two identities. And so right. it's like, there has to be a separation of the two. Yeah, there there has to be. Yeah. But leading back to Salma Hayek, because this, <laughs> this poor woman... Because like we did, we did the research on this video because we're just like, how bad is it? So yeah. like, um, Desmond found the clip on YouTube from the red carpet premiere of House of Gucci, um, where Sama is just interviewed on her own and being asked about Lady Gaga, and this woman, bless her heart, struggled. To like be so kind. Yeah, it was it was hard because it was like they they asked her what it was like working with the cast. Um, the 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 interviewer asked her like, what was it like working with the cast on this film? And and she kind of mentioned that all of her scenes were with Gaga, and she just really struggled, and it was apparent on her face because there were so many lapses in like her being able to say something. Like, that it was just so much of a struggle for her to find, like, a really super nice and genuine thing to say. And so her only real sort of, like, genuine comment to that was that she was like, she taught me a lot. And and there were surprises, which I won't share with you. Right. And I was like, well, that's not really, I mean, if you're looking at that objectively, that's, it's not really necessarily a glowing review. Like, she didn't say, like, oh, okay, she's a very... I mean, generally, whenever you hear actors talk about each other and working with each other, there's this idea of, like, oh, okay, this person is very giving in, in their scenes. You know, they're very they're very attentive, um, you know, scene partner, and they're very supportive. And, you know, like, th- there's generally sort of those, like, call-outs that you kind of are used to hearing whenever actors talk about you know, working with each other, and it was like there was none of that. It was just mostly silence. <laughs> it was mostly silence. Mostly yeah. silence and staring off into the distance. Yeah, and me and Desmond were just like, "Oh, she's never going to work with her again." No, nope. she's on the no work list. Gaga's on the no work list for Salma. She's just like, "Block her, cut the cameras, dead ass." Like, we're not doing this. <laughs> but it was. But it, I mean, it's a. It's also a. It's also to give roses to Selma Hayek because I'm like, it was going back to that original interview where they're sitting next to each other. It was such a kind of weird, uncomfortable thing because it's like you have, you know, uh, Gaga, who's this Tish graduate. I believe she graduated from Tish, but she, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, this person who went to Tish or whatever, and is talking about like all of these different um, acting styles and practices and writing a letter to her. The letter still gets me. But yeah. then you have her sitting next to Selma Hayek, who's a multiple, you know, um, Academy Award uh, nominee. I don't, I don't remember if Selma has ever won, but um, she's, you know, a, a multiple Academy Award nominee, you know, a very decorated actress with like, you know, years, like a, a, a venerated, uh, you know, veteran. Um, right. Someone that people look at. And I said this, you know, to Shama and I said this again and whoever doesn't agree with me, you know, you can write an email to me and then send it to yourself. But um, I look at Selma Hayek as one of the uh, of the five greatest actresses that are currently, you know, alive, currently working. I think that, like, she, 
I think that people kind of underestimate her. And so it was like, but when you listen to Gaga sort of talk about all of the methods and the teachings that she's kind of gone through, a lot of people don't know that Selma Hayek never studied acting. I, I believe she right. went to uh, university and got a degree in international relations. Right. Um, so acting was never something that she, you know, sort of studied at some sort of rigorous institution that's, you know, she didn't go to a Juilliard or a Tisch or anything like that. Um, and it was like this woman who's been so accomplished and has had this like this long um, you know, a uh, very strong, luxurious career, and she's kind of forced to sit next to Gaga, who's just kind of like, I, I, it just really felt disingenuous, and it felt like you know she was kind of coming in and being like, "I'm an actor's actor," and you know, um, uh, Selma is just here to support me, and Selma yeah. really was looking off in the distance, like, "Girl, I played." Frida Kahlo like yeah. I was nominated for an Oscar for my role as Frida Kahlo like one of the like uh one of like the most sort of like um uh, uh prolific you know artists of our time um and you're sitting here talking to me about like <laughs> what and so it was just it, it was it was a cringe moment that like you could just kind of tell that like some of us like I don't know I, I don't know why I'm here yeah she looks the way i do like um back when i used to work in human resources and we would have meetings and i would just been like oh this could have just been an email you know what i mean like we didn't have to sit through this shit not even an email this was a sticky note a sticky note yeah exactly like she had the same face i did (laughs) (laughs) like Like, this could have been a a sticky note that you just put on my computer before i got in I mean, yeah, that I I mean shouts out, round of applause to um Selma because even then I think that like uh there was some issues uh, it it the more you kind of hear about it, the more you hear that maybe it wasn't the most that leads you to have ideas. Neither of the actresses have come out and explicitly said that. But um, you know, there was the woman who worked as the dialogue coach for um Selma and her her dialect in the film for House of Gucci who was just you know kind of really drug Gaga's uh uh accent in the film across the mud and was like she sounded Russian there was nothing legitimately Italian about it yeah and this was coming from a woman who you know was an Italian raised Italian born um actress um that she was just kind of like yeah no there was nothing genuine about it and then you know you kind of you see all these things in these interviews and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, well, this just leads me to believe that this probably wasn't the best working experience. Yeah. And that maybe she walked on the set kind of believing that she was this diva. And then, you know, I don't know, you 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 look at the film and you look at some of the scenes and the scenes that I've seen with, you know, Selma in, in uh, sort of working with uh, Gaga, it's like, Selma is literally carrying her on her back. Yeah. <laughs> Gaga's like overacting all over the place and it's it's hard to kind of pin her down. Um and you know it, it's nice to see an actress like Selma who's who kind of like melts into the role in in the way that seems perfect and doesn't seem contrite or overdone. Right. Uh, but bless her. Oh yes. my gosh. There 
there's nothing much else to say, but we're, we'll be back because we've been on the subject of wigs, and that's what we're really here for um, <laughs> is Geralt's lace front. So The lace front to end all lace fronts. The lace front to end all lace fronts. So we will be right back to talk about The Witcher. And we're back. So... Of course, our real purpose for this podcast wasn't to like bitch and complain about Lady Gaga's acting process. No. It it really was to talk about The Witcher, uh, mainly Geralt's wig, and just the fact that we're here to shake the woman's hand that <laughs> <laughs> installs his wig daily. To give her her flowers. To give her still flowers. Alive. Uh, while she's still alive, give her a cheese and fruit basket. Because cause that wig is laid. I don't care what anybody says. Look, look. Okay, 28 seconds here. You know, um, those of us that are familiar or that come from a cultural background to where you are familiar with people wearing not only wigs, but lace front wigs specifically. Like this black people. Just say black people, okay. Desmond. Yeah. Okay. okay. Like, there's two black people hosting this episode right now. We, we say, know what it is. <laughs> I was gonna say skin folk. Okay, skin folk. Let's go ahead and just be honest about it. We all understand how important it is to lay down your lace correctly. And that, like, you know, it, it's it's a meticulous uh, process from cutting the lace all the way to like laying it down and making sure that you're gluing it right and applying you know the hairs where they're supposed to be so that that way you know you can get it to look as seamless as possible so we all know that when you look at that Geralt wig I have never seen <laughs> in my entire life a wig that has been laid so neatly and so crisply crisp just just a crit, like, as in, like, no, like, like, generally, you can tell when people, you know, kind of apply, like, makeup to do shading, so that that way, in hopes that it'll kind of, like, you know, hide the lace, but the problem is, is that, like, makeup doesn't really kind of, you know, cover lace in the way in which it should, so it always, you can always tell where, you know, the lace sort of starts, because there's that little, you know, section of just kind of, like, whatever, but when I tell you that, like, she has styled and and laid the application of this lay, of this wig is to perfection, that when he does those action scenes and and I don't see any lace. Oh, you kind of went out a little bit. About that. Okay. But like, yeah. So I don't see any lace moving. I don't see like it's just crisp. There's no crunchiness on the sides or the edges coming up. It's just. It's perfect. And so I just I just want to bless her. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect. And just so like you understand like just watch The Witcher cuz we're not going to go into the story. Like honestly, like we get too distracted because like yeah. the pre- the premise of the first season is basically Geralt gives dick to everybody. Everybody. Um, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like ends up like getting like a child surprise. And you see her storyline, which is like parallel to his. Um, and then like they ki- they finally meet at the end. Then this season is all about Geralt being like super dad, you know what I mean, to this child surprise and basically training her to protect herself and ultimately like she has mysterious powers <clears throat> to 
figure out what these powers are and making sure that nobody takes advantage of her is yeah. kind of, is kind of the premise of this season. So Geralt's not really giving dick to everybody this season. He's not shirtless in a tub. Like, <laughs> like Which, you know, can, okay. Like, cause we're not going to talk about the story. You know, if you're interested, like, personally i say that if you haven't seen the witcher go back and watch season one you know yada 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 right but i was really interested excuse me i was really interested in the fact that like i understand you know kind of like okay we want we don't want to push or overtly push the whole sexy Geralt, you know narrative because um this is more focused on him being a dad right so why do we replace his shirtless scene with a shirtless scene of yaskia Oh please! Like, no, like, <laughs> like, like let's let's talk about that for a second because Gerald's wig is laid. It is seamless. It, it is, is done. Healthy, she she has her own trailer. Exactly. But then Yaskier's wig was just like dry and screaming for help. Crunchy. Crunchy, stiff. Like, and then they had him shirtless, and he just looked dirty. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was like it was a whole, and it was sad. <laughs> it was actually really sad because it, they had really set it up to be like you really like I, you can tell that they were like oh, okay like this is gonna be Yaskia's moment because like you know season one Yaskia was just kind of like the BFF and like you know nobody was really paying attention to him. They kind of told you that Yaskia was sort of this like you know um you know ladies man and you know kind of hung out with some of the lord's wives and stuff like that that he sung for but nobody was really seeing it and so you can kind of tell that like they maybe tried to set up this scene to kind of like reiterate that of like oh look at the nice body that yaskia also has as well this would have been great to do in season one before we hit seen Geralt. Mm-hmm. and even then it was like once again going back to the fact of like like it was a scene where Yaskia was like he has this chalky white skin and yet he was just super dirty dirty yeah and he was cleaning himself in this dirty ass water (laughs) and so I was like "Ooh, somebody meant for this to be his moment (laughs) like somebody really meant for like somebody really wrote this scene in mind and 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 whoever like you know did the staging and like the directing of the scene of the scene really was like this was going to be Yaskia's moment and it was just given dirty. Yeah, dirty, and then just sad hair. Yeah, and I, and I, I was do. really upset because I really do like his character. So it's like not me coming for him. You know what I mean? Can I be honest and say that I didn't like him season one? And I was kind of like all of season one. I kept hoping that they were going to kill him. Oh my um, god! <laughs> <laughs> look, look, this is just my truth. Okay, look, this is just my truth. All of season one, I was like, ooh, so are we going to gut Yaskia this week? And then it wouldn't happen. And I'd be like, okay, well, there's always next week. Um, <laughs> this season, I liked him more. And I just felt like there was... I liked the fact that he wasn't so um, ingrained into the story. And he doesn't really show up, I think, until halfway through the season. Right. Um, and and so, like, his role was kind of reduced this time around. Uh, and so he wasn't so overbearing to me. But... Right. Um, I just kind of was like, oh, okay, like, I'm cool with you kind of selling this whole motif of Yaskia if we just, like, maybe not make his hair look like he's just been sitting under, like, you know, like, just sitting in, like, baking in the, like, Mount Mordor and just comes out with this crunchy, aloof hair that just kind of looks like it's real brittle. Um, 
And then just that dirty torso, which I was like, he was wearing a shirt. Why is his skin so dirty? Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, oh my God. I was, I was so confused by that because I was like, ooh, okay, look, because he has this whole moment. He takes his shirt off, and they give you kind of like the pan up so you can see the whole torso or whatever. And the only thing I could really think of was like, why does he have all of these brown dirt marks all over his chest, and he had this shirt on, like? Like, he didn't just come running from, like, I don't know, sliding through the mud. So, like, why is he so dirty? Right. It just just wasn't making sense. And then even then, after all that was said and done, after he, like, you know, quote, unquote, cleaned himself. And I understand that these shows take place, you know, around the, ideally around, like, the Middle Ages or in a universe that's kind of based in the Middle Ages. So, you know, all of our sort of necessities of, of hygiene aren't accessible to them. But why was it that he was still just as dirty after his bath? Yes. Before. Because my thing wasn't like, at least with like Geralt's bath beforehand, like we already, you know, they always said like, oh, Geralt smelled bad. But it was like, at least during his bath, he came out looking clean before he had sex with Yennefer. But um, (laughs) But it was like, this whole moment, this was supposed to be Yaskia's moment. And I was just like, ooh, why is he still dirty? Like, (laughs) I was just so perplexed. I was like, ooh, somebody really was in the writing room like, oh, girl, this is about to be it. Like, the girl's about to go up over Yaskier. Like, this is about to be his moment. And I was just like, but where? It was a flop, for sure. It was. It really, really was. Because I was like, ooh, look, the babes of the show for me are still Gerald and... um. And, uh, oh, God, what is his name? Oh, Istrid? Istrid, yes. Yeah. The love of my life, Istrid. Yes. Who, like, I'm like, look, girl is fine and all that, but, like, if I really had to choose, like, I would go for Istrid. Yeah, Istrid was kind of looking, was looking mighty fine with the beard this season. Look, the beard was, the beard was giving. Yeah. <laughs> Shouts out to Royce Pearson, who, you know, because, once again, I remember his shirtless scene last season when he was, like, having sex with Yennefer, and... You got to see his like eight pack or whatever. So yeah. shout out to Royce Pearson, uh, because yeah, um, I was just like, ooh, okay, so like, I get it. We have Istrid, and Istrid is like, you know, really given. And then you know, obviously, Geralt is like out here given, and like the hairy chest with like the white wig, it does something. Because I'm personally not really into Henry Cavill like that. Yeah, we're not giving it up for Henry Cavill. No, I, I just, just want to make thing. it clear to everybody because like this this is the key part is like um there was a girl on twitter and they ended up making a meme about it where she was just like henry cavill's one of those guys that grimes up well you don't yeah. like him looking polished like just he just looks uh okay like whatever just like another like handsome white guy that you just see on the street and you're like oh, okay he looks okay yeah but it- the fact that it's the dirty white wig and the black pants and just every it just hits right it hits in the perfect (laughs) (laughs) it just hits because like look for me for me and you and i've had this conversation you know um offline where it was like i was like look there's only two moments that henry cavill has hit right for me and there's been moments where intentionally he's been playing characters that were supposed to look a little you know a, a, a little tart and that was when, you know, the scene where they bring him back in uh, in Justice League. And I was like, oh, okay, like that whole scene where he's like fighting everybody and he has like the shirt off, whatever. And he's like ripping shit up downtown. That kind of hit right for me. 
Yeah. And then there's just the girl with the white wig. And there's just something about this white wig because everybody's like, oh, so you think that Henry Carroll is, a, is attractive? And I was like, no, let's let's be very clear. Yeah. It's the white wig that makes the whole look work for me. That That's when I'm like, oh, okay, like, I can go up for that. Yeah. Um, but it's, he, outside of, like, that, like I said, that Justice League moment, I don't. This isn't. I'm. Not, I am not a Henry Cavill stan account. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like ooh. Um, and on top of that, it's a difference between someone supposed to be looking sweaty, and then the fact that like there's all these rumors out about like you know, or not rumors, but he kind of openly admitted that he doesn't like bathe, and so yeah. that was years ago. And I don't know if that's still the case, but, but you know, I assume it might be because that's yeah. a lot of body hair. Yeah, like because apparently he does like a baby white bath, and I'm like. Ooh. Yeah, just, ooh, like, you gotta understand, Desmond understands this, and this may be a little bit too personal, but whatever, we're just gonna say it anyway. We're family we're, here. We're family here. Um, Like, when a dude is unwashed, like, you don't want that near, like, your coochie. I'm sorry, like, it messes up. It is the- a walking UTI. <laughs> yeah, it messes up the ecosystem. So, like, when you hear stuff like that, it's just kind of like... Because I've heard the rumors, like I've I've seen some blind items where they're like, yeah, like he he does lay pipe, and I'm like, ooh, but did he wash first? <laughs> yeah, that's the most important part. Because I'm like, let's be really clear. Because I think we get into this place where we're just kind of like, oh, okay, like, but he has good dick, and I'm like, I'm just under the belief, and this is just me, and I'm willing to go to Zion about this. I personally believe that there is no such thing if you have bad, you know, hygiene. I just believe that, like, no matter how long, big, or good at it you might be, if I, when you walk into a room, if I smell you before I see you, like, it does not count. (laughs) You know, I'm just, I'm from that school of, like, you know, wash your tail. That's all, you know. That's it. That's it. You know, you don't have to smell, like, you know, Givenchy or, like, I don't know, Versace, um, uh, Fuego or whatever. I just really need you to smell like, I mean, to be perfectly honest, if you smell like Irish Spring, that's all I really need in life. Yeah, that's all. Just freshly washed Irish Spring, you know? That's it. And lotion, you know, don't forget the lotion. Yeah, yeah. And and you must stay moisturized. You must stay moisturized because that's the problem. Like, that was the whole, like, admitting on Twitter with, like, Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher and like Jake Gyllenhaal and like all these like celebrities that are like oh I don't really bathe because it dries out your skin it's like that's what fucking lotion is for okay and so when you like put the soap you wash the dirt off your body and then you put lotion on that's the problem but it's weird to me when they were like oh okay well we wash when we see dirt and I'm like no don't do that (laughs) (laughs) I was so confused by that and I was like when you see dirt when you see dirt, okay, but uh, dirt in your body, dirt and bacteria on your body all the time. Like, yeah, you, you don't need it to be visible. You just need to wash it off. Yeah, because like I remember when Jake Gyllenhaal did his like video where he was all like, "Oh yeah, there's like good germs that are on you." And the whole time he's sitting there talking about this, he has this really dirty, oily hair, and I was just like, "Make this make sense." Um, and then, and then saying- <laughs> And like, I'm saying that we're self-cleaning. And I'm like, yeah, you self-clean in the shower. Like, with a washcloth, you put soap on it. And then, like, you rub your skin. And then, like, wash it. Yeah. The dirt, the it rubs off. the lotion on its... It rubs the soap on its skin. Right. 
Or else it really does get the hose again. Yeah, because I will hose you down. Me and Dustin. <laughs> like, you will not walk really into good. you will not walk into my house smelling like yesterday's trash. Like just, yes. no, no, no. Like you smell like three day old like cottage cheese. This is not like, like I keep saying, I'm like, it's a walking UTI, ladies. Like, do you really want to do that to yourself? Right. Do you really like uh, I just personally don't see the point or the role in fawning over a man, woman, whoever, you know, and you're like, oh my God, they're gorgeous at this and that and the third. And it's like, yeah, but he's musty. Right. <laughs> like, that's always my thing. Cause everyone's always like, yeah, but like, look at his muscles. I'm like, yeah, but he's musty. Yeah, exactly. Henry Cavill's going to catch wind of this episode and be like, fuck y'all. I bathe. And, I'm gonna be like... and look, Henry, I'm just going to put this out into the ether right now. Henry, <laughs> if it's a situation to where this rumor is false and you bathe, I'll I'll pay it. Like, yeah. I'll absolutely pay it. You'll hear me come back on here and I will pay it. I yeah. will make a whole... I will, I will have Shama bring me back to do a whole uh, 15 minutes where I say, like, look, I take back all the negative shit I said about Henry Cavill. He definitely bathes. He gave us proof that he bathes. You know, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying that, you know, the streets have been talking. And they say right. that, like, while girls believe that, like, the peen does what it's supposed to do, there's these conversations about you being tart. And when I say tart, <laughs> I mean musty. Yeah. Like, please. Like. Yeah. Like, that's all I'm saying. Like, he's just going to be like, fuck you, hoes. Like... <laughs> I mean, look. He had plenty of chance to come out here and to do things, quite honestly, the way that Jason Momoa and The Rock did, where yeah. they were like, ooh, so guess what? You're not going to play in my face. I actually, babe, don't include me in this. So it's like, he's had, you know, really good opportunities to do that, and he just hasn't done it yet. So, like, my, my thing is, is like, you know, hey, if you come back and you're like, hey, guess what? Fuck you, flat-footed hoes. I bathe. I'll pay it. Yeah, I mean, shit, even Chris Evans gave us the product list that he uses. <laughs> I just say it. I was like, like... I mean, like, we're not asking you to, like, completely, completely prove it. All we're just saying is just, like... Speak for yourself. I'm, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, if I walk past you and you smell like Irish Spring, I'm just gonna... But actual, like, clean Irish Spring. Not, like, I put the scent on over the must. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Like, the, like the boys that are out here that, like, sit there and spray Axe over their musty bodies. Yeah. Like, it can't be that. <sighs> it has to be actual, actual washing involved. <laughs> it's, ooh. Like, disinfect yourself. Like, there's this one guy on that I follow on Instagram who was, like, because he's equally as hairy as Henry Cavill. And he was, like, look, because I don't want to be out here musted, dusted, and crusted, you know, I clean my body with Lysol. And everybody kind of told him, like, hey, hey, sis, maybe you don't have to do that. Like, you don't have to go that far. But he right. was like, because he kept saying, like, oh, okay, like, I know my problem with having, you know, a hairy body is that, like, my body, my hair, you know, instantly always, it's easy for my hair to collect the oils, you know, and then collecting the oils and the sweat and all that. It's easy for my body to just kind of, like, after I washed it, you know, become smelly again. And so people right. kind of, you know, they helped him out. They blessed him and showed him some products, you know, for or for people with that situation that he can invest in. All I'm just saying is, is that like, you know, you don't have to be out here like disinfecting yourself with Lysol. 
Yeah, you don't have to use Dr. Bronner's and like yeah. completely burn your skin off. Like <laughs> But also the rumor, you know, Henry, you my mother always said if I can smell you, I know you can smell you. Yeah. And you know when you smell. Cause I mean, even then with this whole thing with Matthew McConaughey and he was all like, Oh yeah, I like the way that I smell. And then like <laughs> Kate Hudson was like, No, he smells abominable. Yeah. Um like it's one of those things of like, you know when you smell, and you might say, like, oh, okay, that that's my eau de jour. But, like, you know, you know when you smell, you know when your smell could be seen as offensive to other people. So all we're just saying is is that, you know, if you're at home by yourself, you don't have to wash. That's fine. Whatever. Do you. It's your your castle. But when you're out with everybody else, let's just make sure that, like, you know, we're just keeping it tidy. Yeah. That's exactly. all I have to say, y'all. And that's it for today's episode. I oh, wait, before we go, I have one last thing. Okay, um, go ahead. To the stylist who, who styled and, and applied Geralt's wig, can you please get in contact with Tyler Perry? Please. 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 That's all I'm that's all I'm asking. I'm that's all I'm gonna say because I've already drugged I've already dragged Tyler enough and I've seen y'all emails and I promise that I won't respond to them. But like um, if you could just call on Tyler Perry and just even if you could just offer him like a class or just let him like, you know, have your apprentice for like two movies so that he gets the hang of it. We would just really like, you know, we the black delegation would just really appreciate that. Thank you. Really? Thank you. And with that, we are done for today's episode. I will be back um, with the tragedy of Macbeth because I really wanted to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yes. Um, And that is it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Desmond. Um, Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. We'll do more cold scams and murders and maybe some more emergency episodes, like, as as foolishness and fuckery comes across. I have a lot to say about Jessica Chastain, y'all. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That... The next cult scams and murders is going to be the eyes of Tammy Faye, because we really need to talk about it. Ooh, I am ready. Ready. Okay. Thank you so much and talk to you soon.